Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today's uh, guest is Mark Colgan, who is the CRO, CRO at Task Drive. Um, and yeah, welcome to the show, Mark. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to uh, delivering some value. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. And uh, I'm really excited because this is going to be a super tactical show. Um, so just, you know, uh, we actually met with Mark on LinkedIn, like with most of guests. And Mark had a really good approach where um, he kind of got in touch with me by using what we call a trigger. Uh, and I didn't even realize it, even if it's something I, I really teach people how to do. Uh, and he really got my attention really well. So uh, we're going to talk about triggers and how you can use that in your outreach. But before we dive into the topic, Mark, can you maybe present yourself? Tell us more about who you are. Of course. Yeah. So uh, my name's Mark Colgan. I'm actually in Spain at the moment, but originally from the UK. So I work and travel remotely. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Task Drive, and I've recently co-founded a new business called Speak on Podcasts, and I mentor startups via the Growth Mentor platform. So that's, uh, that's what I'm up to at the moment, but um, I have over 12 years experience in B2B sales and marketing. I actually started in sales and then moved into marketing, so I've always understood the importance of revenue numbers, not just the vanity metrics. Mm -hmm. um, and I've uh, optimized a lot of processes across the entire journey, customer journey from acquisition through to retention through outbound sales for acquisition and then content marketing, marketing automation for retention. So pretty broad level of topics that I could cover, but today we're talking about triggers. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, and, and so, so can you tell me a bit more about this uh, jump from sales to marketing and, and what you've like, what would be the outcome you got out of that? Yeah, sure. So um, when I was in a sales role, I was actually in recruitment. So you were selling the hardest thing, which was people. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of emotions involved, even in uh, any decision and moving career is quite a big decision for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I honed my skills in, in selling by doing recruitment, but I was recruiting for marketing roles. And it was around the time where digital marketing was starting to, to, to become a job title that people were hiring for. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was an opportunity for me to get into marketing now and start off not even at the bottom, start off pretty well because there just wasn't that much talent around in, in the market. So I taught myself digital marketing for about six months, built a few websites, worked on some friends and family websites, and then took that as my portfolio into a role where I was the digital marketing manager. And I'd always positioned myself as the guy that went in and got stuff built. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, I've been implementing CRMs and marketing automation platforms. Uh, and that has really positioned me as to where the rest of my journey went after that. Okay. Okay. That's, that's really, really interesting. And uh, that's what I really like about marketing lately is uh, it's actually very easy to start and, and, and build something. You don't need to know how to code. You don't need, you know, there's so many tools right now. And you can also do all of this for free. 
And so uh, that, that's, you always have the freemium. And whenever you have some use case where you make money, that's where you start paying, but you have the money to pay. So, you know, like there's a really cool model right now. I'm currently building some kind of online funnel. And mm -hmm. this is just genius what you can do. You know, I just like I'm copy pasting like the uh, structure of a funnel from uh, from like a guy who's really good at that. Mm -hmm. and it's just insane how marketing can be. I'm, I'm also self-teaching marketing, self-learning. I yeah. really love it, actually. So, good, yeah. And the thing is, as well, I think what most people don't realize is that they can just go out and start and try. And they might have to do a bit of work for free or for a discount just mm -hmm. to get the experience. But they're investing in themselves and it's totally worth doing. Yeah, exactly. Good. So um, talking about like uh, concrete cases. So, you know, like in modern out, uh, like prospecting and outreaching, uh, what happens a lot um, is that a lot of people talk about preparation. Uh, you know, whenever you, you're preparing like uh, for a cold call or cold email or, or, you know, just like getting mm -hmm. in touch with someone. So how do you suggest reps prepare before reaching out to prospects? Sure. I think preparation starts before you're even thinking about writing an email. It really comes down to understanding the prospects that you're attempting to sell to or to start mm -hmm. a conversation with. So it's really about understanding their challenges and their motivations. And if you're at the beginning of your journey as an SDR, it's definitely a lot less about the product you're selling, but mm -hmm. it's more, you should focus more on the problems that the prospects face. And those problems or challenges could, they may not be just what your solution offers. It could be other uh, problems and challenges that they have in their role. And the real key is just to have as many conversations as you can with your target prospects and find out their challenges and share how other people are solving them because you'll have all of these conversations and you'll start to build up quite a rich library in your head of all of the other challenges that people are facing and how they're overcoming. And by sharing that with people, you're positioning yourself as a trusted advisor and you're not even pitching the product or solution mm -hmm. that you're selling. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's really interesting to talk about uh, problems. And I think that's why it's so important to define that very early. A lot of time we talk about our product so solution and what it can do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and so we start by just saying that's what we can do. We assume that people like uh, are the same level of understanding of the problem. Often, you know, they, they kind of know of the problem, but they don't really, you know, know how to put it in, in words. And so if you approach with a problem in mind, and you can, uh, you know, then share how you've solved this problem with other mm -hmm. customers, then that, that's really powerful. Because often it's just like uh, what matters to them is how you solved uh, the same problem for the same people, not like yeah. how you do it. Yeah. And, and it's really important to remember that just because they share the job title that's in your, um, your ICP or your, your ideal customer profile or your buyer personas, it doesn't mean that they're actually actively looking to buy. So me and my role as a chief revenue officer, a huge part of my role is hiring. Mm -hmm. So there'll be months or weeks where my focus is on hiring and onboarding new members. I'm not particularly looking for a new sales solution or, or, or like a, a call cool, a cool recording software, but there will be a time in the future. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into those because they're really the triggers, triggers and signals that we're going to discuss later. But just to go back to that point, just because they have that job title doesn't mean that they're ready to buy. Mm -hmm. And um, Chet Holmes uh, famously wrote a, a book a few years ago now, which where he mentioned that only 3% of the market is actively buying. And that means that 97% aren't actively buying or looking mm -hmm. for a solution. So you need to identify those 3% by using triggers and signals. Yeah, that's yes, really interesting. Good, really good stats. What's the name of the guy who said that already? Uh, Chet Holmes, and it's the ultimate sales machine. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's so true, actually. Like most people are, 
are not in this this active phase and uh, the ones who are mostly like coming through inbound but so that's that's a good question so a lot of uh, when i started um in sales i was doing mostly outbound and the company i i, I know for a fact that they still rely mostly on in on outbound they really didn't mm-hmm. crack uh, inbound at all um so what's the rationale actually you, you know actually everyone's doing outbound what's the rationale behind uh, just running after people because they have a job title but there's 97 percent chance that they won't actually be interested in what you have to say yeah and that's where everybody goes wrong because they're pitching in an email they're not looking to build a relationship or start a conversation and again you know one of the things that i'm seeing a lot at the moment as well especially on the marketing side is that when you're looking at copy and marketing you learn from the greats like scientific mm-hmm. advertising claude Hop- i think it's claude hopkins um wrote a book in the 1930s and it's still as relevant today and mm-hmm. it, that's the reason for that is that it's humans that are buying and yeah. people buy from those that they know like and trust and it's never been truer um but the reason why uh, people just pitch and they kind of do the spray and pray um is because they've got targets to hit and mm-hmm. it's a very high pressured environment i've been there myself i'm still in a, a relatively high pressure environment with uh, as a cro and you have targets to hit and mm-hmm. one of the best ways to do that is increase the volume uh, sorry yeah. it's not the best way to do it but that's the uh, the answer that most people yeah. uh, take to the to the challenge okay okay i see and so one good way to to increase the answers you get is, is through triggers so i'm a huge fan of that mm-hmm. um so can you maybe walk us through different types of triggers you use yeah so when it comes to triggers or, or signals you could use the, the those words interchangeably I've broken them down into three main ways and I use the acronym IPA and mm-hmm. not only because I like the beer, but um, it helps me remember these. So you have individual triggers. So they're about the, the person that you're trying to speak to. Mm-hmm. There's the persona triggers. So that's their role or their function uh, and usually the objective and challenges that they have in that role. And then there's account triggers and that's pretty much either the company mm-hmm. that they work for and then the industry as well, because certain industries have regulations and things change within the industry. So, but I couldn't say IPAI because it would ruin my, my acronym. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, okay. That, that's, that's really good. And so, um, so often, you know, we see this like the ultimate trigger everyone kind of uses and is overuses funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do you kind of like use a funding information uh, in a smart way, basically? Yeah, so um, I ran a, a successful outbound prospecting campaign for funding. And mm-hmm. what I knew was that the majority of my competitors were going to be saying something along the lines of, hey, I see that you raised a round of funding. Um, you might be looking to buy a solution like ours. Is that right? Um, or probably even worse than that. Um, so what we did instead is um, we thought about what are the challenges that, the, that these companies, they may be founders as well, if it's just raised mm-hmm. the Series A. So I sat down with three experts or three people in the industry that work with these companies and just asked them what advice do they typically give to, uh, to companies that have just raised a round of funding mm-hmm. and what challenges will they likely face and, and what challenges will they have when it comes to scaling the business. Those three conversations were maybe 20 minute conversations. So as an hour in total, but I created a, a ton of rich content that hadn't been created anywhere else. And I kind mm-hmm. of curated it and put it together. And then I reached out with that. So I didn't actually mention that they've raised a round of funding, mm-hmm. um, but I mentioned that, um, well, I said after, after raising a round of funding, uh, you may run into some challenges if you're taking a sales-led approach to your, to your growth. Um, I sat down with a few experts and, and here's what they had to say. Would you mm-hmm. like me to send the link over to you? 
And again, I'm trying to start a conversation. I'm not pitching my product. And in yeah. fact, I don't talk about my solution at all. Okay. That's super interesting. Yeah, that's a really good way to do that. So use your trigger and instead of saying, hey guys, now you have money to pay for my service. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you got, you're faced with potentially these problems and I got people who solve that for you. So you're providing already like the, uh, you know, the, the value before they even customers. I think it's, it's really cool. I, I can give an example also of uh, something, something I've posted about today. So last week I had Justin Welsh on my, on my mm-hmm. live. A uh, really cool guy, really learned a lot. And so it's basically like, I asked him a bunch of questions that I never heard anyone else asking him. So we had answers he never said to anyone else. So he had like some kind of exclusive content. And so what I've done, uh, what is really cool with Justin, he has 50,000 followers. Whenever he posts something, it kind of goes on average like a thousand likes or something like that. And what is super interesting is these people are, you know, he's talking to executives and people in sales who are also in my target market. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, whenever you have a thousand people liking, I know there's, you know, like a a good amount of these people who will be in my target market and who will be engaged on LinkedIn. So what Uh I do, like um, I have some kind of secret thing I won't share, (laughs) but like uh, I just find ways to kind of uh, uh, add these people on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And then what I do once they added me, I send them a a follow-up message and say, hey, thanks for accepting my invite. Uh, I know you like Justin's content. Here's, by the way, an interview where he talks about XYZ. Yeah. So I found it's a really good automated way to build um, rapport and start conversations because, uh, you know, I just use this trigger, which is their, their, them interacting. And then I use mm-hmm. like a piece of value to kind of uh, uh, start the conversation. Yeah, that's per- there's another campaign that I ran where I sent 60 messages and hit my quota for the, for the, well, for the rest of the month within just those 60 messages. So I had 35 people uh, reply positively Um, I had 10 meetings booked and I closed four deals off the back of just sending out 60 messages. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the numbers aren't huge, but they, they allowed me to hit the targets that I was hoping to hit in, in, in my role. Um, and that was taking the same approach as well. I saw that somebody had engaged on a post on social media, Mm -hmm. um, had then related my message to them uh, and that post and then asked them how they were planning to kind of implement what the person was saying. And, um, I actually, got a little bit in trouble because somebody forwarded my email to the original person and she wasn't too happy that I was taking this approach. So you have to be a bit <laughs> yeah. careful, but, um, but yeah, I think she, she, she wasn't too happy with the way that I positioned a sentence. So I mm-hmm. did change the sentence cause I could see how it was a little bit misleading yeah. and that wasn't my intention. So I changed it and we're, we're, we're good friends still. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. But that's, that's really cool. Actually. It's like, uh, you use intent data, you know, and, and people, what they don't realize is they, they post so much content online and whenever you're active on LinkedIn, you, you, you give like a huge, um, you know, you leave, you leave a, 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 a digital mark of what mm-hmm. you're doing, what, you know, and, and it's, it's so easy then to access that and use that to start the conversation. So I think it's cool. Definitely. And, and I think, I, I, I think you asked me to explain a few of the, tri- a few of the other triggers. And mm-hmm. what I want to say just before we do that is you really have to get into the mindset of thinking about your prospects and, you know, what happens to them before they need your solution or before mm-hmm. they typically buy from you. So you may want to go back to your existing, look through your existing customers and think, what was the moment that, what was the moment or what was the thing that happened that caused them to, um, to, to make a purchase or to change mm-hmm. their decision on something? Because that's how you then start to work out which triggers that you could, or signals that you could look for. Mm-hmm. And I always suggest that you prioritize those by how close to solving a pain or achieving an objective um, they are. 
And as humans, we buy for one of two reasons. It's either to avoid a pain or loss or to gain mm -hmm. pleasure. So in the world of B2B, it's typically to avoid a pain or, or loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so about like uh, finding triggers. So because one f big problem I found for a lot of people is it, it's kind of like really time consuming. And if you have like uh, your boss says, okay, you need to do 200 calls a day, mm -hmm. you'll do your 200 calls and then you have maybe 30 minutes remaining in your day and, and then you just like will not look for triggers. So yeah. what's a good way to kind of find triggers? Yeah, so it, it, you know, if you have management where they're pushing for the volume, then they're clearly not bought into the quality over quantity. So. Mm -hmm. I would ask your, yourself if that's the right company you want to work for. Um, but if you, you know, if that is the case, then you're going to have to get up a little bit earlier and do and do the research and, and mm -hmm. do and, and look for the triggers. Um, that would be my advice, really. Uh, there are, depending on the trigger, there are some software. There are some software out there which I can share in a second, which um, can help you uh, mm -hmm. find these triggers and, and signals. Okay. What what kind of software are you thinking of? So um, if we're looking at individual triggers, so you could look at the fact of somebody who's just started a new role. Uh, so on LinkedIn within Sales Navigator, you can see out of the contacts that you've saved, which people have uh, changed their role in the last 90 days mm -hmm. or, or changed job recently. Um, that's a good time to have a conversation with somebody because usually if they're moving into, they're moving into a new role, they're moving into that role to, to solve a number of different mm -hmm. objectives and, and challenges. And they're more likely to make a purchasing decision at the beginning um, as they go in and, and try and have as big of an impact as possible. Mm -hmm. So again, it's a great time to have that conversation. You have to save that list once in LinkedIn Sales Navigator, and then you just click through. And if I'm going to prioritize my 200 calls, those will be the people that I start with. Okay. That's super smart. Yeah. I saw that. I saw this advice uh, popping once on LinkedIn and I was like, this is really smart because as you said, when people go into a certain kind of uh, role, if they are like VPs or they're like, yeah, this kind of C level, then they have mm -hmm. like, they have this budget, they have this willingness to, to make an impact in their first like 30, 60, 90 days. And so yeah. that's where they'll make a decision. So yeah, I think that's really Yeah, cool. I, I engaged on a post earlier this week or over the weekend where somebody had moved from, he was a chief marketing officer, moved to a new role as chief marketing officer. He used out of six software tools that he's implemented four of them came from the, the company he worked at before okay. so when people invest in you know marketing automation and crms they're quite a complex they can be quite complex mm -hmm. so as if an individual is invested in those then they're likely to bring them across because there's a lot of pain to relearn a new system yeah exactly and so um, so you, you talked about three types of triggers so there was like the uh, individual trigger mm -hmm. uh, you had like the personal trigger and the account triggers in terms of like these two others like personal and account do you have like uh, ideas of where you can find some of these and what's your method around that yeah sure so some of the persona triggers uh, so one of them can be the currently hiring so if they're mm -hmm. hiring into their role they're either, sorry, if they're hiring in their team, they're either replacing uh, somebody who left or, or the team's growing. Mm -hmm. So if your software or your service can help them or uh, can help them in, when they're in that stage of growth, then it's definitely worth a, a conversation. And there's a company out there called Personio. I don't know anybody from there. They're an employee onboarding software. Mm -hmm. um, and they heavily invest in outbound and paid ads and they target companies who are currently hiring. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they target you with a piece of content, which is just a PDF checklist to help you onboard new hires. Yeah. Again, they're helping you solve a problem without actually having to buy their software. And I'm sure there's a lead nurture drip or there'll be a sales call in that at some mm -hmm. point. But at least they know that that 
person is experiencing a pain point yeah. because they've said, yes, I need this checklist. Yeah. Um, and if they need that checklist, then actually it might be a bigger pain point for, a wider, for the wider company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then therefore a much better place to have a conversation. And I, I could, um, if their sales team just spoke, on, spoke to those leads, which would kind of be inside sales, um, I'm sure that they don't have to do 200 calls a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know the guys at Personio. I know they oh, are do? quite. Yeah, oh, nice. I know everyone there. <laughs> so uh, I know they're quite intensive on call calling, mm-hmm. but they also like get a lot of inbounds. They have a good uh, inbound machine there, mm-hmm. uh, but they are they 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 also like um, their solution is not cheap. So they they are mid market already, I think, uh, and so it, it's it's quite interesting what they do. But like obviously they have these things. I saw that also. Uh, in Germany, typically we have this um, uh, per diem whenever you're traveling. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're selling, like there was a company called Raidu, uh, which was doing, I don't know if they still do it, like, but like some kind of expense management. And they were giving like a checklist where you could calculate your per diem because it's super complicated. There's like a, um, like a huge kind of list of, uh, of, comp- of, of cities and towns and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have like a price per half day, full day. It's, it's like typical German nightmare. And, uh, okay. and so what they did, they did a checklist on Excel, super simple. And, you know, they did like a landing page where you could like say, okay, here's your problem. Here's your download, you download it. And, you know, people who buy that are consulting companies, people who travel a lot, who spend a lot. Yeah. So I think that's a good way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the currently hiring is just one. Another way to look at it is the a new technology. Um, so if, if a company starts using uh, a technology that your software or service can implement with or you can support, um, that's another time to have to have a conversation because you know that they've in, they've just invested in that and you can yeah. use a tool called Similar Tech, mm-hmm. save alerts and you can pick the the geography, the website tra- or estimated website traffic, and then the particular technology that you want to track. Well, mm-hmm. I've got two examples that I can quickly share, um, but you get a list of companies that have just installed this and they fit your they fit the criteria that you set. So again, that trigger or that signal is a great time to speak. And and here's here's two examples. Um, and one of them is actually for you. So, uh, if, so the first example is if a company starts using live chat software and maybe yeah. one of the more mid-size and, and, and enterprise live chat software, then they might need additional customer support, getting ready for Black Friday. Um, so if you run an outsourcing company where you, where you offer outsourced customer support, then start the conversation with them there as well and start building that relationship. It's actually how gorgeous, um, which is a um, an, like an all-in-one inbox for, for mm-hmm. support and social media. It's how they grew to their first thousand users. Mm-hmm. Whenever they saw that somebody had started using a live chat software, they began a nurturing uh, journey and a relationship-building journey with those people. And it was a, it then became a no-brainer to to you start using gorgeous when the pain point became really high and it hit the threshold. Okay. So that's that's just one example. And and the other example that I want to give is. If a company starts using outreach or sales loft, one of the sales um, engagement tools, um, you know, they're not cheap either. And um, they typically sell to multiple, uh, multiple seats, maybe mm-hmm. 10, 20 plus. So if you had a training or if you did some consulting around SDRs um, or you did some consulting around outbound sales strategy, you know that they've just invested in it. So it's mm-hmm. a priority for them. And you know that they may need, well, you don't know they definitely need help, but they mm-hmm. could use the support. Um, if they're, uh, if they've got 10, 20 sales reps. So again, not just going after VP of sales, but only speak to the VP of sales who have just installed mm. outreach or sales loft or one of the other tools, you name them. 
Um, how, how, that would how can I find that? So where they, when people purchase uh, sales loft outreach? Yeah. Then... So yeah, similar, similar tech is one of the options. There's another company called Datanize. Um, you know, some of these companies and built with is another one. And I can drop these, um, these links to you after. So, so we yeah. can share them in the show notes. Um, I can't keep track of all of the technologies, which ones check. So just check all three of them yeah. and see and see which one, but that okay, would that... be, uh, yeah, you could track it. And then you get the alerts as well. So you get a list of companies who have just started using again, if you're going to prioritize your day, start with them. Yeah. That's so smart. I didn't think about this one, but for me, it makes so much sense because that's where, you know, like, uh, if you have two SDRs and then you have 20, the pain mm -hmm. has been multiplied by 10 you know, mm -hmm. that you typically have. So it's, uh, that's where it, it makes sense for them to have training. That's super smart. Yeah. And, but then it's, you know, different challenges when you're, when you've got somebody who's managing a team of two, and then you've got somebody who's managing a team of 20, they'd, they'd probably have an SDR manager if they had mm -hmm. 20 SDRs. So it all, and again, it goes back to really understanding your prospects and really understanding your ideal customers and what makes up the criteria and what are the distinct characteristics yeah. of the organizations you want to sell to. Okay. That's, that's really good. I love this. Um, and so, um, how do you, there's one thing also often I found is, uh, whenever you bring a trigger, you know, people often have the impression that you're stalking them. So they're like, how do you know this? And so how do you make sure you're not too creepy when I, when you're getting it? Yeah. I get asked this all, all the time. How, how do I stop being creepy? And, um, I think the answer is know your audience. Okay. So marketers and salespeople know that this sort of, these sort of technologies exist. So you could probably be a little bit more obvious with that. If you were targeting teachers or nurses who aren't exposed to all of these solutions all the time, it would probably weird them out just, just mm -hmm. in, just in general. Um, so there's, I think you should always be honest and, and direct. Um, but again, it does depend on the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you, you could also say that, and, and it depends on the trigger as well. If you saw that somebody engaged on a post in social media, and say it because mm -hmm. they they're seeing other people engage on social media so yeah. it's not like a a creepy thing um if you if you do if you start off by saying was like oh i just happened to be on your profile and i saw you did this then that's a little bit creepy because no one yeah. happens to be spending their time on people's profiles just just be be direct and be mm -hmm. honest um around that uh round round of funding you could say saw that company raised uh you around your series b congrats i used mm -hmm. to send a gif with uh, leonardo dicaprio cheersing um, okay. just, you know, just to add a little bit of humor and personality into it as well. Uh, but then you're following up by offering to share a piece of content that helps them overcome a specific mm -hmm. problem. I think a lot of people, there's a misconception about cold emails. It's, uh, and it is that, that people don't read them or people don't look at them. Most people do read them or they do look at them. They just choose not to respond because mm -hmm. there's just not an engaging reason for them to do yeah. so. But if you're providing value and you're coming from a place of giving and not asking and, and not taking, um, then you, you, you will increase your reply rates. And okay. one of the other ways as well is that to say, um, you know, if you if you belong to the same community, you're in the same Slack group as, as them, or you're, uh, you're in the same group on Facebook, reference it. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too scared of, of referencing the fact that you've noticed there's a similarity between, or there's a thing in common with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I see. And so, so in terms of a scaling trigger, so let's say you have a sales development org and then, you know, people start using triggers works really mm -hmm. well. Then you want to stop, you know, you want to make sure they just stop focusing too much on that and focusing on outreach. How would you do that? Yeah. So there's, there's a few different options. Um, 
you could, so Sendoso, a company that I um, advised a few years back, they actually hired an internal researcher to just do the research for mm -hmm. their SDRs or their, their BDRs. So that's one option. So just have somebody who's dedicated to it. Maybe don't have your highly paid SDRs or account executives doing it, but you could hire somebody as an intern uh, or somebody who's just looking to get into sales as a sales mm -hmm. admin sort of role. Yeah. The other option is to outsource it. So that's what TaskDrive is there for and they're the services that TaskDrive offers. Or you could mm -hmm. equally go to a VA. Uh, you just don't have the, the, um, the, the backup when you have a VA because they sometimes can go missing and uh, leave you hanging dry. Um, yeah. But then another way is to um, leverage technology technology and automation. So Crunchbase, similar tech, two different triggers we're talking mm -hmm. about here. They equal, they, they all have alerts that, that mm -hmm. come through so you can get an email um, and then you can pass that through an email parser and it just pulls out that information. It's slightly technical, but it's quite easy. I, I can share a link to that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I had it built that any, any company that fit my criteria that raised a round of series A automatically was added to a spreadsheet and then my VA was then uh, gave her a notification and she found the individual that I wanted to speak to that fit mm -hmm. my buyer persona. Okay. And then all I had to do was write, all I had to do was send the right email to the right person. Um, so technology can certainly help. There's a lot of social listening tools out there. Uh, Awareio is a great one. Mm -hmm. um, but what I would say when it comes to automation is I think a lot of people, and again, from my experience of, of MarTech, a lot of people try and automate the whole process and they, mm -hmm. they tend to bite off more than they can chew or it's really just an unrealistic expectation that you can. Yeah. Um, but I would always, I'm always an advocate of breaking down the process into smaller chunks and then automating pieces of the process. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I see often is people just want to, you know, they say, okay, I, I think I don't like doing sales development. So I want to fully automate it and, and yeah, you know, there's, you can't do that. That's the thing is you need to be creative and relevant. Mm -hmm. And this, this involves like uh, using your, your brain for that. Mm -hmm. uh, a machine cannot do that, but they can, the machine can really do a lot of things that would take most of your time, you know, in t 10 years ago, for example. And yeah. so the tools, you know, as you said, you just slice it in small steps. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's actually how a computer does, you know, it's just like it can, it can make like a lot of operations very fast, but not in parallel. So you just yeah. have to slice it, automate parts of it, and then you as the kind of master with your mini slaves, then yeah. you use it and you kind of, uh, you know, like produce, produce value. Yes. Yeah. So I'll give you a quick example of, of, I had a conversation just before today. Um, somebody asked me about lead nurturing and how, the, how do they implement lead nurturing? You could, it could be prospect nurturing. It could be those in your pipeline. And the answer is you can build an automation. You could build a, a monthly drip of emails in about five minutes. As you say, the software is so good now. You just copy and paste the template and then put in your content. But the thing is, you've got to create content that's going yeah. to last for 12 months. It's going to be evergreen. It needs to be evergreen, sorry. So you can't have in month six a link to a webinar that was back in June. Yeah. It just wouldn't work. So what I recommended they do, and, and it's what I've implemented in the past as well, is just create dynamic lists. So when mm -hmm. people join your pipeline or are added to your pipeline, they get added to the list, which grows over time. And then just send, set an email reminder to write some copy, write an email and send it out once a month. It's mm -hmm. almost like a newsletter. Yeah. So you're still nurturing, you're still providing, you're still having um, uh, an interaction with these individuals. But typically, the content that you can share can be live content. It mm -hmm. can be there's a webinar happening next week um, that I'm going to be on. Would you like to, you know, would you like me to send over the, or mm -hmm. here's the registration link. So again, it's not automating the whole process. It's just automating a part of it to make your life easier. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so do you have any kind of last advice for our audience? 
Yeah, my, my life has changed completely since I moved away from pitching and just lead with value. Mm-hmm. My goal for sending out any cold email is to start a conversation. Um, that is my goal. It's not to close a deal. Um, and another thing that I is just quite personal to me is like I'm extremely curious about people, how they work, their role, their company. So I would encourage anybody just, just to get curious about your prospects and really mm-hmm. do understand their challenges. And your life and my life has become a lot easier when you're genuinely interested and you genuinely care about helping them overcome their challenges. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think it's, it's always, you know, whenever you start a conversation, you're not trying to sell, you're just trying to understand if you can, you know, if the person is qualified, so if you can help. And mm-hmm. uh, having this kind of mindset really helps because you kind of diffuse the tension also. You're not trying to, to absolutely sell, you're just trying to make sure you, you, you are, you know, you'll be spending, investing your time with the right type of person. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, like, uh, I've done that a lot. Now I do that a lot. And uh, the problem is in my personal life uh, with people, like I tend to do that also. And uh, it's, you know, that's that like personal life doesn't work the same way. You have to invest more time. And but I, I yeah, I got like uh, in trouble, you know, in, in, back in Switzerland with some people where basically we had, we were, you know, talking and then I just realized, I said, oh, let's do something next week. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to do it. And I kind of ghosted them. And I'm so used to be ghosted, so I don't even care. But yeah. <laughs> they did, they did yeah. care, but they didn't like it. But yeah, that's a kind of thing you need to do. So um, you also mentioned uh, with me that you would share some kind of uh, of pieces of value. Um, so the, the bunch of links. So do you have something about that? Yeah. So if anybody, I, I've actually recorded a webinar, which is there's no there's no gate or landing page. You can just watch the video where I talk through all 14 um, of these lead sourcing triggers and signals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can provide the link for you for the show notes, but that's over at taskdrive.com. And then mm-hmm. you can just look for lead sourcing. You'll find it. Okay. And um, yeah, that's probably the best place to start. And if you have any questions, you can add me on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to answer any questions too. Okay, good. So, so Mark Colgan on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, do they need to write a specific message or whatever, or just add you without a message? Yeah, if you can let me know which podcast you heard me on, uh, yeah. that would be helpful as well. Use it the, gives me the context. Use the trigger. <laughs> yeah, use the trigger. <laughs> exactly. Good. So, uh, Mark, thanks a lot for, for this really tactical uh, thing. And what I'm going to do is share, like, uh, put that in the show notes, as you said, like the links. So everyone has it. Also put a LinkedIn, uh, link to your LinkedIn profile. And, um, and yeah, if you have any, uh, you know, like if anyone has any question for Mark, just feel free to join it, to add him on LinkedIn. And yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Mark. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been really great. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>